part four started and <laughs> that's how uh my friend is on 37 that's how she's on episode 37 part four is already out that's crazy i mean it's really easy to binge it totally hello hi Welcome back to Terrace House Mafia. I'm Nick. I'm Noelle. And we are here to discuss episode number 31 of Terrace House Tokyo 2019-2020, an episode entitled Publicity Stunt. Yeah. And I guess we just, let's just pick up where we left off after episode 30. Episode 30 leaves off with Emika kind of at the behest of the other girls having this conversation with Rio where she just point blank asks him, what's up? Do you like these girls or, or what? What's going on? And he, he tells Emika straight up, yeah, not really. I just see him as friends. Naturally, when she gets back to the girls' room, the girls ask Emika, what did he say? She's like, I wouldn't feel comfortable telling you. I feel like he should tell you. She was more, she was also kind of steering it in a way where they were like, she was hinting that he might like them though. Yeah. Well, it's this weird thing where it's like, because Hana definitely says in that scene, what? So I got to confess my feelings to get rejected? And she even starts crying because she's like, I just know there's no happy ending here. I can tell by the way you're saying this, that there's no happy ending here. I actually think Emika handled that scene pretty gracefully. She did a good job of like fielding the girl's questions without giving too much away and without having the conversation for Rio because that'd really be letting him off the hook, I think. But Mm. I just, I guess I want your insight on this. I have quite a different opinion on that because the way she responded to Hana... She was like, oh, but you don't know how he's going to answer. Like, maybe he does like you or something like that. Like, maybe the answer is not going to be so sad. So you think that she kind of gave Hana a little bit of false hope and was not... She gave both of them a false hope. And then Hana had to have that, like, difficult conversation with him. And and this is something I don't understand. Like, it's it's an aspect of Japanese culture I think I don't understand. Over and over, whether it's Emika saying it or Ryo saying it, this excuse keeps coming up of like, well, you haven't confessed your feelings to him directly, so he hasn't been given a chance to reject you. And I, this is maybe very American of me, but I don't understand why it's got to be like that. Why does there have to be like a big dramatic confession, a potentially devastatingly embarrassing confession, followed by either a relationship or being shot down? Like, I don't know if it's cultural. I think it might be like show business yeah of like needing that clarity to be on screen instead Mm. of like both kind of you know like one person ghosts or the other person kind of just gets over it yeah you can't ghost someone when you live with them no and then (laughs) also you want the storyline to resolve on camera i guess and my my perspective on this is obviously so colored by what i've consumed of japanese pop culture but i even in like shows i would watch like animation growing up there was always this thing of like the confession huh you know like like confessing to your crush that's true giving them a note or leaving a note in their locker or whatever is that not like an american thing Nah, i i don't think not in that way no the answer is basically no like you can maybe ask your crush out on a date but you don't do a full-fledged i have feelings for you here's a note that I've written all my feelings into and you can either accept me right now full stop or reject me full stop. Like that's a, that's a pretty Japanese thing that we don't really. That's funny. We don't totally have an analog for that here. I feel like part of my brain is black and white in that way because of the Japanese stuff I consumed growing up. Mm. And I'm just realizing that right now as we speak. (laughs) That's not the way it is typically (laughs) in America. Yeah. Like the way I've handled my relationships. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a um, 
there's kind of a weird middle arc in this episode. It, this episode is a, a, a sandwich where the bread is real bullshit and the meat is this like thing where Kai is kind of getting sick, maybe. Oh. Um, <laughs> there's a line because he's it, it starts out with people being like, wow, Kai is always posted up in the playroom. He's made his own bedroom, basically. Right. Maybe and he was just trying not to get the others sick. Maybe. Well, Hana goes up there and talks to him about it. And he talks about why he's getting sick. And he says, he says, things have been crazy lately. I did stand up twice and I've been painting. And like, I'm, I don't, I mean, my lifestyle is not the, the heart, like the craziest schedule, hardest working lifestyle of anyone on earth. I acknowledge that. But <laughs> that's not, if you did stand up twice and did a painting in the living room of your house and that was your week. And then you got sick from being tired from that. Yeah, that's not, things haven't been crazy lately. You told bad jokes for five minutes two times oh, and did one shitty on. painting. You, you've heard the jokes. Um, What's his sign? That sounds like the opposite of a Capricorn. <laughs> just spell it backwards. I wonder what he is. Okay, found it. Birthday. August, August 15th, 93. He's a Leo. Okay. I actually don't know anything about Leos, so wow, what that was a... very useful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he finds out he's sick. And somehow, I don't totally follow how this happened, but him feeling sick dovetails into this scene that takes place on um, the deck of where the pool normally is. At first, you were like, is this a new room we've never seen before? And I felt the same way. And then I realized this is just what they do with the pool room in winter. They put a wood panel over the pool and just use it as like a little deck. Policy's so smart. It's very cute. This house would be cool if it wasn't a porn house previously. <laughs> I hope they clean that pool. Um <laughs> Yo, so so it this scene ends up unfolding where he's posted up in the hammock on his laptop. And then how would you describe what Vivi does to him here? Like shit talks his comedy to his face. Well, I it, I think she thinks she's being helpful. It's this weird thing. That's what the peanut gallery says too, that she's being helpful. Yeah, they came away from it with no real... They, they, they seem to just think it was like, wow, she's so direct. I love it. My feeling on it was like, if she was doing this to me... If she was, if I was like an aspiring stand-up comic and she started telling me that all my jokes were bad and how they were bad and how my concepts don't gel together and stuff, it, it would be frustrating for me. On the other hand, I think she's right about basically everything she said. I can't wait for her to be wrong about something because so far she's just been telling everybody like what to do, like what's wrong with them. And like, she's been right so far. Yeah. But I'm like, something has to be wrong about mm -hmm. you. Well, I mean, there are things about her that that rubbed me the wrong way, but I guess we'll get to those in the future. But you're right. Like, I mean, it's very reminiscent of her scene with Tupas where she has this very kind of deep oh, uh, yeah. debate about the nature of love. And it's weird because I think on paper, she always has the right thing to say to everyone, but on some level it feels like a performance to me. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah. it feels so televised it's like she knows that she's being recorded so she has to exude this like sort of fake deep wisdom and lecture everyone on how to live their lives and something about that bothers me and i think yeah. it bothers you too like i just don't like when people are always like telling others what to do and think they're better than them or yeah. that their opinion means more than someone else's it's weird i don't think he super asked for feedback on it at the same time yeah though, also because these people aren't asking for advice she just like brings them into a room and then like tells them what they're doing wrong. Totally. A little bit annoying. Um, on the other hand, she's totally right that his 
Um, she's right that his salary man joke didn't work and she's right yeah. about why it didn't work, I think. Um, also, I, I thought <laughs> when she asked him if there are any thoughts that keep him up at night and he's like, yeah, you know, I just sometimes think about why I'm even alive. Her response <laughs> of, do you really feel that way? Or are you just saying that to sound cool on TV? Like, that's one of my favorite, like, comebacks I've ever heard in Tara's house. I think that was just a sign, like, that he's clinically depressed. Perhaps. She's, she's, you'd think as much as she loves diagnosing everyone that she would pick up on that. <laughs> um, Reminds me of the days when I would just smoke weed every day and contemplate my life. Cute. Kai is me, dude. Oh, one thing that we should talk about. Uh, there's a shot of Kai alone in the dark working on his stand-up material on his laptop, and it is surprisingly legible. Um, so much so, in fact, that I screenshotted it, and I'm going to read you some excerpts from it. I'm so scared. If you'd like to, I mean, this is huge, because we've only heard, like, two minutes of Kai's stand-up. So, you ready to hear some more yeah, of Kai's? This is work. In fairness to Kai, this is all work-in-progress material. Is it fair to Kai? I'm scared. All right. I'm just going to hop right into it. So protect him at all costs. To be clear, this is all stand-up comedy material, work in progress, that written... Nick wrote. Ri nope. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> that Kai wrote that was in, a, in one over-the-shoulder shot. You can see it in uh, episode 31 of Terrace House. Uh, here's what's legible. It's not all legible. Slight depth of field effect is obscuring the last half of some of these lines. But here's what we got. Uh, I like to think that I'm a good person, but sometimes I know when I have bad thoughts and it's like where, and then we can't finish it because I feel like my mom was a very good person. She was religious and would take me to church every Sunday and every week I would love going to church. I loved going to church. Some kids hated going to church just because they couldn't, et cetera, et cetera. I love going to church because every single week they had amazing food. For a chubby kid like I was, it was a dream for me. All the things you were offered. Pancakes, bacon, scrambled eggs, fried rice, donuts. I would always... There's, this joke isn't going anywhere. It seems like a lot of setup. That was the only reason why I like going to church. I would always beg my mom for some extra money just to get blank. So in my child mind, when I'm supposed to, when I'm supposed to listen to these things, in my mind I'm going like spring rolls, spring rolls, spring rolls, spring rolls. And I would only be able to listen to half of what they said and maybe that's why i get these bad thoughts that's actually funny what i thought that was funny because i can relate that's that's comedy 101 baby <laughs> but because in my mind food plus greed took over damn this is so the other day i became a godfather yes thank you i don't really know what my and then it's blurry because it sounded pretty cool i thought not i don't know it's hard to read and then you can see the, the headers of some of his other notes, including uh, you're lucky to live sad. I'd like to think that I'm a blank. The people I wanted to. When I have a bad dream, you're hot. Life is beautiful and life blank, but as a human being blank. Why do some guys we blank? Now I'm woke with her blank. She has feeling blank. If I have fun, we have blank. I have 0 0.7 vision, jealousy equal drama, and I don't talk about my S blank, blank, blank. I like the church one. You like the church bit? Yeah. Okay. I used to go to a church, a Japanese church that had really good Japanese lunches. Yeah. And that's like all I cared about. <laughs> I mean, there is stuff we can glean from this about Kai that his 
mother was very religious. He had, went to church. He was overweight as a child and he has 0.7 vision. This is, if we hadn't paused the scene there, think of all the knowledge we wouldn't have. <laughs> I can't wait to see more of his stand-up. I'm the only Kai stan <laughs> in the room. I'd love to see him get good at stand-up. That would be sick. So then, Hana goes and confronts Dio. Yeah, she basically sits down at the kitchen table and asks him a bunch of pretty uncomfortable questions about is it uncomfortable though, or is his reaction just so uncomfortable that it, we think it's so uncomfortable? It's both. I, I honestly yeah. think it's both because yeah. on the one hand, she sits out at the kitchen table with him and says, so who do you have a crush on in the house right now? And he puts his hand in his head and has his big melodramatic Rioi reaction. But that's a weird ass question to ask someone point blank. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's maybe earned because of his behavior the past few episodes. Yeah. Like, the reason why they have to keep asking him is because he never answers. Right. He never... It, it, but he's unwilling to shut any of these doors. Um, what, what I noticed, too, when Hana was asking him these questions was when he answered, he kept looking like his eyes reverted to the side. Mm. And like not to be like a de detective, but that's <laughs> a really big sign of someone who's lying is if they di like divert their eye contact. Okay. So you think he, there's a there's a component of dishonesty to how he's handling this stuff yeah i think him looking away when he answers means he's like thinking of a lie on the spot yeah well a lot of what he says does feel like that it does feel like dodges like he doesn't want to um totally hurt anyone's feelings which ends up ultra backfiring in in the final scene in the girls room um but before that happens uh after it's, it's he's really in a revolving door of of girl drama <laughs> um because he goes out of his conversation with Hana and immediately ends up having a conversation on the couch with Vivi that's very much the same tone. <laughs> um, although it feels like it's about a hundred times longer. This is what happens if if you move into the same house as all of your side hoes. <laughs> so that's, that's the premise of this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's the most candid we've gotten him to be about his feelings so far. Um, he... He, it's it's still frustrating because ultimately when she's like, I want you to give me an answer now, he's like, uh, I don't want to talk about it right now, but we can talk about it another time. And she's like, what? So you want to have this conversation later? And he's like, yes. But he he keeps floating this excuse of like, of, of their dreams, their respective dreams and how he doesn't want to date her because her dream is to move to America to become an actress. Does that excuse fly for you? I don't, I don't think we had a single candid like answer from him yeah and i don't think he gives a fuck about their dreams you know totally well in part because that answer doesn't make sense yeah like if if he's refusing to date if the reason he won't date vivi is because she's gonna move to america eventually or wants to is he saying she should just not date while she's in japan <laughs> is that what he's saying is he saying it's pointless for her to date he also said himself that he wants to move to America. Right. So it's not even, in her case, it's not even a good excuse because like yeah. there is totally a future where they both end up there together if he actually wanted to give it a shot. But I think he's he's sort of paving over the reality, which is that he's not interested in a serious relationship with her. And I don't understand how she's interested in a serious relationship. I That's, that's one thing I wrote down actually is that like, this is so much like pulling teeth that it, it's almost like I'm surprised Vivi's willing to do it because it's so unflattering looking. It makes her look really thirsty and desperate for a guy who's 
uninterested and frankly not that appealing yeah like if they were meant to be dating this conversation wouldn't be happening yeah if, if you and someone else are supposed to be together it it's not gonna feel like pulling teeth to get a confession out of them right yeah no no no. it shouldn't it just vivi is, is working so hard to make this relationship with rio make sense and i just don't think it's worth the horsepower i don't think she should be wasting her time and energy on this dude i think she's just frustrated that she can't get a clear answer and that's more what's driving her to ask him is because she like is reading him on his bullshit yeah unless that like she wants to date him so much you're totally right it's almost like for her the the main thesis of this isn't be my boyfriend it's i think you're lying to me and being dishonest and manipulating everyone in the house and i don't like it yeah um no that's a good point um, and and I, I really feel like like you, you Chan and the peanut gallery, her scene, her one-liners right after a scene is done airing have been fire lately. Because yeah. immediately after the scene, she takes out her headphones and goes, what is happening? That was the worst. I know. Which got a big laugh out of us. She actually used the Japanese word. Sayaku. Sayaku. What does that mean? Just the fucking worst. Just totally the worst. Yeah. Good tra- another good translation yeah. by Angie. Um, he s- is the worst. He does get called. I believe it's. Yamachan, whose commentary got translated as calling Ryo a quote run of the mill fuck boy, yeah, which is one of the the sickest peanut gallery reads <laughs> we've ever had in history. It's my new Twitter name, run of the mill fuck boy. This is how most relationships go, though. Like this scenario. What do you mean? Like out in the world, ninety mm-hmm. percent of like relationships between men and women are literally dio. And like Vivi or Hana, it's like that. Where it just kind of, it fizzles? Yeah, where it's just like, there's no clear answer. They're yeah. like also talking to another girl, but then no clear answer for either. Except literally the only difference is he's living in the house and he has to actually tell everyone how he feels. I totally concur. I think like, it it is so rare for two people to be on exactly the same wavelength at exactly the same time and to like each other the exact same amount. Um, but the problem is that when you live with them, you, those idiosyncrasies like really come to the surface in a major way. Yeah. Especially when there's like a camera crew around. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's part of the core appeal of Terrace House, I think, is like seeing people forced to navigate these uh, like asymmetrical levels of affection. Yeah. Um, it's part of the appeal, but also like I, I could really do with not seeing any more of like negotiating Rio's <laughs> feelings. Cause he's, I just think he's got an IQ of like two. <laughs> the crazy thing about this show is like, I feel like I'll watch it and like criticize people, mm-hmm. but like this, I feel like all of these people are us all the time. Mm. We just don't have a camera crew and we just don't live in the same house as the people that we're like fucking over. Yeah, that's true. It's like, it's really easy to criticize and to to feel distant from them and to not treat them like like real people sometimes. Uh, and, and I think something that we would probably be healthy to remind ourselves of is that everyone in this house is doing their best. Nobody's... Re- I don't think Rio is a monster or is trying to hurt anyone's feelings. In fact, I think a lot of his problems come from his total unwillingness to hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah. Um, so So sometimes when the peanut gallery starts talking about how he's a, a total fuckboy, <laughs> uh, absolute worst. I'm like, I, w- I might not go that far. I think he's just scared of hurting people. 
and a little bit dull. <laughs> yeah. To me, that's the recipe. Well, that's comedy, baby. That's comedy 101. Um, speaking of comedy, the last scene of this episode is is peak comedy because it it's a scene in the girls' room where we can watch in real time as all three girls completely 180 on Rio. That was amazing. Yeah, they compare notes on on uh, their Vivi and Hana's conversations with him. Uh, he told Hana that he's not interested in any of the girls and sees them as friends. He told Vivi that he doesn't want to date her because he thinks she's going to move to America. Vivi seems, and she even says, I'm so angry right now. Right, because she, she couldn't get a clear answer. And, and Hana does also say, like, I think he was just, maybe he was just trying to protect my feelings. She's like, I don't care. I don't fuck with people who want to be liked by everybody. Yeah. That's, I mean, Yo didn't, he didn't. So what he said to Vivi was, I like, you're pretty. I like talking yeah, to I you. Yeah, I like our chats. But he didn't say, I like you, you know? It almost felt to me, because I remember before the everyone turns on him in the last half of that girls' room scene, when Vivi presents what Rio told her, I think that she is kind of, she just kind of heard what she wanted to hear. Because she, she basically heard, he likes me but won't date me. And the way that she presented to the other girls was, he likes me but won't date me because I'm leaving. And, <laughs> and that's not what was said. He did say, I'll give you an answer later, which I don't know what that even means because I don't. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really I, don't know what that means, actually. I, I think the thing that I'm, I'm rubbing up against is that, is that like. She assumes. She, she says, it seems like we're into each other, but he's trying to make it complicated for no reason. That's what Vivi says in the girls room. And that's not, I, I think anyone watching this show can tell that it's not that simple. That it's Yeah, not, no, no, no. I, I don't think they're into each other. But I think I, Vivi strikes me, judgmental mode activated again, <laughs> as a, a relatively egotistical person. Yeah, this goes back to our conversation about how she like tells everybody what they should do with their lives. Totally. Well, um, I don't I don't think she's ever been like rejected by a guy. That's the vibe. Especially in Japan. Yeah, that's the vibe <laughs> I'm getting right now. Yeah. But I guess we'll see how all this pays off. I That last scene was so funny to me, though, because it was like, you've played The Sims, right? Yeah. You know how when people have a conversation in The Sims and one of them gets pissed <laughs> off and, like, the relationship indicator of their head has, like, two red <laughs> negative symbols? Yeah. Like, it's, like, green plus symbols when they like it. It's like you could, <gasps> you could practically see above all the girls' head, like, double red negative symbols on their relationship so with Rio. Quick. It was a full... And maybe the heavy metal music was doing some of the heavy lifting here, but... It felt like a full-fledged turn where they just were all like, fuck this fool. Yeah, they gave up. Well, I we, have, we have some updates on the, the Hickey situation, but I think we should save them for the next episode because we've already gone long. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe at the top of the next episode. We'll do a top yeah. of the episode mailbag. Someone tweeted at us about a theory that like changed everything. Really? I haven't me. looked at the tweets yet, so I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Well, if you, if you guys want to hear about it, Stay tuned. We will be releasing a new episode very shortly of Terrace House Mafia discussing episode 32 and uh, the short-lived Hickey Corner segment that we will be only doing one installment <laughs> of. Um, thank you so much for listening and we'll do this again. See ya. See ya.